Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to Podcast 123. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Right, we're going to see if we can manage to eke out a hero and villain from this international break in just a bit with a look ahead to Millwall as well. And Millwall is when our penultimate fanzine of the season goes on sale. You can read that and all the articles on your phone, your tablet, and the cheapest way to do that is to grab yourself a digital sub off our website. Works out at a quid a month. Uh, you can read that and back issues all the way back for the last 10 years at the squareball.net. Is it going to be a good one, Moscow? It's going to be a, a lovely one. Uh, Phil Hay features in it. There's some stuff about uh, Bill Fotherby, all sorts. The squareball.net is where you'll find that. Well, we don't have any games to review apart from the international break. So should we have a quick skip through and see what our uh, beautiful soldiers did then across this break? Starting with the obvious, Gianni Alioski stealing the headlines, pissing people off and then scoring goals. Good on him. Do we know exactly why he was being booed against Slovenia? I have a feeling it may be something to do with Balkan politics that I'm ill-qualified to speak about and wading in way over our heads. No, I think you should give that a try. See what you think. Um, I don't want to go any more into it than what I just said. Should we concentrate on him scoring against Latvia? Because that's exciting. He scored a goal uh, in the early stages against Latvia that involved both staying onside and breaking the offside trap and then finishing, which he did with the help of the, he basically hit it straight at the goalkeeper and it went in. But a goal and two good games by the sounds of it from Malioski. And I think looking at him lately, he could probably play two more games before the weekend if he wanted and it'd still be absolutely fine because he is relentless. He was taken off in the last minute of the uh, of the second game, which I was a bit disappointed with. And here we will have been furious, I imagine. He'll have maybe been taken off so he can he could get out of the stadium to do some laps or something before everyone before the crowds descended. Was it purely so he could be booed off? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it requires any politics to boo Alioski. We've seen his his act. Yeah, he's the sort of person who, if he's not on your team, you just look at him and you're annoyed. But if when he's on our team, as he'd better be, because Baz Dog ain't pulling out many trees lately. Yeah, he's wonderful to to have. And obviously you've always been a big fan of the uh, Federal Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, Moscow. All our extensive chats about politics. You see, I could see your eyes reading that off the screen. You've clearly just looked that up, haven't you? I had to write it down so I didn't say it wrong. I thought it was the former Yugoslav Republic. All that. Yep, that as well. (laughs) I think there is some... Have they recently changed their name as well? Just remember, I did... Some geography at university in theory. <laughs> that was a long time ago. These yeah. things have changed. And I got I got a two two. I'm fairly sure that from in, a former polytechnic. In the last six months, Macedonia's name has changed to reflect their specific feelings about that. their relationship to Yugoslavia. I, knew that. So knew that. I don't know if we're giving out the most up to date information about thank what they're you. called. Thank you for passing the test that I just set for you. Then regarding the uh, geography. Of Maybe the this is why Olioski was getting booed. Maybe he was like really behind the name change, and the Slovenian people weren't happy about. It, although I don't know if it's got anything to do with them. Is Slovenian near Macedonia? Is it? Ish. It? It's all Eastern yeah. Europe. Well, you did geography. Come on. You, I know the answer. Do they, Not going to tell have, you. <laughs> do they share a border? Some sea 
balcony way. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's move on to this because you are a fan of Gianni Alioski, but you're not a fan of Bailey Peacock Farrell because do you remember when you made a video of him? You know, when he was going to break through, when he was coming back off loan at York and he was going to replace your darling Felix Viedvald with his flexible wrist. Felix Viedvald like, was never my darling. And you made a video and you put it out on the internet. You certainly didn't think he'd be an, an international goalkeeper then, did you? No. An international class goalkeeper. you were disgusted when he made that match winning save for Northern Ireland. <laughs> He's uh, harder to beat than a hard Brexit border along the Northern Ireland island. Does this work? Are we trying to get as many geopolitical jokes into this as we can? We're already pissing off half the Balkans who get involved in uh, Northern Irish politics well, as well. On reflection, the video you made was sectarian hatred. <laughs> we didn't actually know it was Northern Irish then, did we, to be honest? Because he's from York. I think it, the Northern Irish thing emerged at a much later point when uh, obviously someone dug out his granddad's passport. We also didn't know he was any good because the evidence in that video was that he was absolutely shocking and couldn't even cope playing for York in non-league. And I did go back and watch it recently because I was like, am I going mad or did I maybe misjudge? No, it was quite bad. It was really bad. It was like a dog dancing around a balloon most of the time. But... Clean sheet against Estonia and made one very good save, one-on-one, a player bursting through. Um, I think they were going to equalise. Did they win that game 1-0? Yes, they did. And uh, he spread himself well and, and blocked the shot. And then again, injury time saved to secure the win over Belarus. So he's had two good games. And it's worth pointing out, the only goal that actually beat him took a huge deflection off of uh, Stuart Dallas and uh, went over his head out, out of reach. So perhaps I need to uh, recalibrate my video compilation habits towards um, Dallas, who I think, I know certainly in the first game, he was playing right back of all things. I don't know if what's oh, going on mean, in I'm Northern Ireland. You mean marauding fullback? Is, is a marauding fullback for us? I don't even know where Stuart Dallas plays anymore. Wherever Bielsa puts him is where he plays. I do like that he, he quite optimistically wears number 14 for Northern Ireland. That's his squad number, which I think is always a sign of a fan of Johan Cruyff. I don't know if Johan Cruyff ever deflected a, a shot past Bailey Peacock Farrell whilst playing right back. But hey, total football, I suppose. He played all over the pitch. I'm sure he was capable of playing right back. Just as Stuart Dallas is apparently too. On a more serious Leeds note though, it is good that he actually has played some games now because he is going to be playing in our next game. So nice for him to, you know, have a warm up. And he was typically ebullient after that second game when he was being praised for his match winning save and he, uh, with great giddiness and excitement, told the waiting press, just doing my job. Like, oh, the charisma just <laughs> dripping off the guy as the uh, running cartwheels around uh, Belfast all night. Other notables then out of the international games, uh, Klich played for Poland, Tyler Roberts played against Trinidad. The most important thing to note with Klich is that he hopefully has avoided flu. Eight members of the Poland squad were struck down in Latvia and their coach was blaming the air conditioning in the hotel, <laughs> spreading the flu virus throughout all his players. Um, that was uh, revealed before he played the second game where he played an hour against Latvia, so... Hopefully he didn't come off sweating and with snot pouring out of his nose and whatever else happens when you get flu. Apo Halme, sad to see that he conceded three goals for the finish on the 21s, but they scored eight at the other end. Is that correct? That's not a typo? No, not a typo. And also he captained uh, the finish under 21s, which I think is significant. 8-3 is not a real scoreline, is it? That doesn't happen. Well, it, it happened between Finland and Norway under 21s. I do wonder if they've just given him the captaincy because he's perhaps the only Finnish under 21 player who's with a, an English club. Like you play abroad, you must be good. Off the armband. 
and he's uh, way, way out of his depth. Maybe that's three panicky goals conceded. Good to see we'll be welcoming back the new Tony Yeboah in the form of uh, Kalabeki Ban, scored in his debut for Ghana, so good on him. Another one where he hits it straight at the goalkeeper and it went in, I think, from, from what I can recall. Just got to get the shot on target. That's the first point. Pat Bamford could perhaps learn some advice from that, but actually shoot the ball between the sticks, not around them, and then you've got to give the goalkeeper something to do. Kalabeki Ban's doing all right. I'm not suggesting we should necessarily bring him back, but never say never. Same with, um, should point J. Roy Grotz got an assist for Netherlands under 20s in a 3 2 win over Mexico. Under 20s isn't even the under 21s, is it? It's kind of that sort of, it's like a schoolboy international, only you're overgrown. (laughs) Which I suppose J. Roy Grotz has been an overgrown schoolboy probably since he was seven. But yes, good to see he's still our player. And Tom Pierce played for England under 20s as well. That under 20s means more than J. Roy Grotz. (laughs) (laughs) Now then. Speaking of Patrick Bamford or Pato Bamford to recycle the joke for about the third, fourth, <laughs> if not fifth time, he's not playing for Ireland. He's not going to be, is he? He said no to uh, died in the wall Irishman Mick McCarthy. I nominated him a few weeks ago as one of our potential villains for not replying to Mick McCarthy's phone calls. Mick was reduced to saying in a press conference, I think that he'd sent him a WhatsApp message and had no reply. But he has had now some replies, but Mick has basically let him off. McCarthy's comments were, I haven't met up with him and I won't be, which is a typical straight-talking Big Mick Mac. And he's saying, uh, because Bamford is concentrating on playing in the league and seeing how that goes, I won't be meeting up with him, not yet, maybe in the summer. And to be fair to Mick McCarthy, he says, I'm disappointed because I think he's a really good striker and he'll score, score goals for Ireland. But I do understand that he's been out for a long time injured and Leeds look like they're going to get promoted. He doesn't want anything else going on in his head. So he's focusing on that. Yes, he says uh, he wants to play and he wants to play for Leeds. Let him crack on and see what happens. And I think the subtext to that is probably Mick McCarthy would rather Leeds United got promoted than Ireland qualified for the European Championships. That's what I'm I'm reading into that. He is a big Leeds fan. And so anything that helps Leeds, I think the, the conversation probably did go on. Like, how can I help Leeds United get promoted, Pat? Says, well, Mick, leave me alone. All right, speak to you in the summer. Pat and Mick, eh? Pat and Mick. I hadn't even thought of that. That's one for the kids to get confused by. We are now a full month into our brand new weekly podcast venture that goes along with this one. It goes hand in hand. It's called The Extra Ball. And this week we are tackling this one. If the current squad weren't footballers, what would they be doing? Would Bailey P. Cock Farrell be a contract killer? Murderers, mainly. That's my vibe as I started looking down the, the squad list. If these people weren't playing football, they probably most of them would be doing time for serious violent crimes. And we won't be naming any names because we don't want a lawsuit. Uh, On top of that, there is a sensational revelation about the 1991 board game, Leeds United Soccer Supremo. We're locked in a titanic three-way struggle to see who triumphs at that and who can put together the best club in the area. It does involve Amanda Holden, nudity and 20 quid. Um, plus, Sex sells everybody, two ninety nine a month. Plus we're going to be planning our dream West Stand. And yeah, as Moscow said, the extra ball, it's a subscription podcast, two ninety nine a month. And we're charging because we want to do this full time. We've got plans to do loads more. So if you get behind us, we can chuck our resources into doing this full time and bring you loads more content. You can listen to it on your phone or in one of the approved podcast players or online, including like Apple Podcasts, full details, everything you need at the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Go subscribe now. Right then, who have you seen? Where have you seen them? This was all brought about by Moscow sharing a Costa coffee 
when I say sharing, I mean the building, not an actual drink in Knotsford in Cheshire, spotted Paul Butler in there. Was he heckling women again? Was it? Uh, he was, yes. Well, not heckling them. He was just leaning out the window, sort of leering him and his mate. And yeah, the chances of sharing what was a very heavily marshmallow loaded uh, hot chocolate with him, he was not letting any of that go. The fat knacker. <laughs> <laughs> right, up first this time. Darren Driver with a sensational spot. Uh, I once saw David Batty. Nobody sees David Batty, although we have had a mention of him. Uh, in, he was in Scarbados last time, wasn't he? Uh, now he's in B&Q at the bottom of Beeston. While we were playing that lot in red at Old Trafford, Darren reckons it must have been when Eddie Gray had come back as manager and Bats was uh, basically cast out of the team. Darren said, all right, Bats. And Bats said, all right, mate, you had to be there, says Darren. But I couldn't imagine that conversation going anywhere else, really. That's exactly what you'd say to Batty in the B&Q. Wonder what he was buying. Maybe he was just looking. Just killing time. Yeah. Get a sandwich from the truck in the car park, that kind of a thing. Have maybe a mooch. He'd just been to Elland Road and not been allowed on the team coach, so may as well walk down to B&Q and just have a look, see if they need anything. And he would work. He'd walk as well because petrol costs. Oh, yeah. Pick up some screws. Never have too many screws. He'll have a lot of jam jars full of screws at home, so fill up a few of those. Second this time, Dan Carruthers at Dan Cherub on Twitter said he's just just seen Paul Robinson at York Station carrying a half-eaten Subway sandwich and showing a clear disregard for the keep to the left signs. Nothing worse than that. Whilst rushing to catch his train, catching stuff is uh, his speciality. Very good. Being a goalkeeper uh, and all that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I see. And that's all he's caught. He's just caught trains and footballs and nothing else. Bailey Peacock Farrell would have missed it. I don't even mean it. I don't know why I'm saying these things out loud. I, I like the boy. The boy. The boy, Eddie Gray. Uh, the boy. Luke Leeds' lad uh, used to work as a chef at Nando's. Chef's probably pushing it a bit. You, you know, you're frying some chips, mate. Um, <laughs> this is one of our listeners. Well, I know, but you know, he, chef, I'm just saying, chef is, well, you know, you are, you are, you are heating some stuff up, I suppose. It's a pressurised job. I think the amount of chips and chicken that Luke has had to get out on a daily basis. Corn and as well, corn. All corn. sorts of things. Well, and you're about to find you're about to find out some products I didn't even know that did because he, uh, he served uh, Neil Redfern and his family. He had half a chicken, medium spice with mash and peas. I didn't know mash was a thing at Nando's. You mm. see, it's much more complicated than you're giving Luke credit for. I'm sure that Luke sent it out there perfectly seasoned, expertly cooked. Well, he still remembers that five years on what he ordered, so he's obviously... It's obviously been a big moment in his life. Neil Redfern's just joined Twitter last week. Yes, which I'd somehow get the feeling he'll soon regret because <laughs> everybody basically does. I mean, I joined Twitter 10 years ago or something and I still regret it. Well, being, being a fellow Pontefract resident, I get to see Neil sometimes walking his dogs. I saw him in Home Bargains once. These are golden memories. I mean, I've not spoken to him because, you know, it's Neil Redfern. He's just, he's just trying to buy some cheap bog rolls or whatever. I don't, I don't want don't to bother the guy, but... It should be noted as well, this is a potentially a, a double sighting because Lucy Ward, yep. if he was there with the family. She was Lucy outside Ward home was bargains with the dogs. And a, a Leeds legend herself, so it's a it's a twofer. If you've spotted somebody as glamorous as Nando's or home bargains, then please do get in touch. I feel I've boosted Pontefract tourism in this. So it's, a real, it's a real big sell for them. You could spot Neil Redfern and Lucy Ward whilst enraptured by the aroma of Harry Potter. <laughs> enraptured. <laughs> Regardless of which way this turns out, we've had a successful season because the under-23s have won the league. Champion is champion. I bet that's what they're singing on the coach back from Colchester Colchester. (laughs) as champions of the Premier League North. Now, 
Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about my geography uh, dabblings earlier, but I'm just going to use my expertise there to say that's not in the north. Apparently there's some weird system. Somebody did uh, tweet a brief explanation where if you're in the North Division, you play all the teams in the North Division twice, but you also play all the teams in the South Division once. I don't know why. So I don't do- know if Sean Harvey organised this. Yeah. It's Premier League, so I guess not. Where does Slovenia come into this? <laughs> they just, uh, if Alioski's playing, their fans turn up and boo. I went to Colchester in the back of a mini with two other people, and it was a long, long way. Well, Benjamin Beckford scored the winner, so it was nice. It'll be a long, long, happy journey back for our under-23 lads. There was, actually was a decent away following. You could hear them on the, admittedly, otherwise silent uh, Twitter stream. There was, But there was, it sounded like there was a, there was enough Leeds fans there to be singing. There were some flags. And a good performance. I presume you watched the first half, because to watch the second half, you have to switch to the app. And it's no, it was all fucking, on Twitter. Oh, was it really? Around, actually, yes. Oh, they're finally learning. Yeah. That they, nobody wants to stare at their phone, unable to use it for any other purpose apart from watching an under-23s match in tiny size. Yeah, I was watching it while doing other things, but we seemed to be well on top. Then Jack Clark came on at halftime and was completely taking the piss of him. He was clearly far too good for that level. Izzy Brown was giving the ball away a lot as... He seems to do. I don't think he'll be playing for us again. King of the under 23s there. Yeah. But now we, we were by far the better team. And it's, you know, it's nice to win something. I know it's a bit of a weird league where you, you get to play Slovakia once and, you know, Albania at home, but not away and stuff. But, you know, it's nice. There's still two games left in it as well. So we've won it at a canter. I think it's the cliche. We have to go forward with that. A 2 0 win, I think, helped earlier today because Burnley. Uh, lost 3-2 to Bristol City despite being managed by Steve Stone. And that's what set tonight up as a titled decider. And we decided, we decided we were winning it. Is it Ryan Edmondson Brace? He was. was. I love throwing in all the proper football cliches here. A brace, winning at a canter. Grabbed a brace. Title decider. Yeah. They play nice stuff, the under-23s. It's it's worth saying. Actually, there's an obvious pattern of play that sort of matches what the first team are trying to do and... Callum Nysel, rather Nickel. Who knew that was the, the pronunciation? Playing in the sort of Phillips role and then fullbacks really far forward. And yeah, it's, it's quite nice to watch. It's better than this reserves is better to watch than Warnock's first team was, which isn't maybe saying that much. Moving on to a quick word for the Tandem Whites who are doing a charity thing to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK. Great male charity as well. Uh, we've sponsored them with both the Square Ball logo on their tops and Leeds Carajo on their cycle jerseys. And they are going to Amsterdam to raise money. So if you fancy uh, checking them out on Twitter, please do lend them your support. At Tandem Whites is the handle, isn't it, on Twitter? Yeah, I hope that they got thrown out of this because they have uh, actual swearing on their jerseys. hope there's there's not some rule that we're accidentally triggering. But they need to, yeah, they need to raise money to get involved in that. So give them some. It's yeah. a good cause. And um, I'm sure they've done one of these crazy cycle rides before. So I think it was a solo effort before, whereas this time it's a... It's a tandem. And that sounds much more difficult. I know two people on a bike, maybe it's half the work, but coordination and all that. Yeah, they're putting a lot of hassle on themselves. <laughs> I don't know why they're bothering, really. No, they're bothering because they're clearly very nice people and doing it for a very good cause. Yeah, so check them out on Just Giving. They've got a page on there, Tandem Whites, and the handle on Twitter is Tandem Whites as well. Well, speaking of financial issues as well, Football League seems to be in a bit of a mess, doesn't it? Thankfully, it's not us for once, which I quite like. I can't believe it's in a mess when it's been run by a man with a history of leaving clubs in a financial mess. There was that day last week when there were three Football League clubs all in court, all facing winding up orders on the same day, which is when a 
Sean Harvey said in his kind of his leaving announcement that he was uh, hoping to take on new challenges elsewhere and that he felt that he'd really pushed the envelope while he was uh, in charge of the EFL. Yeah, well done. I don't think anybody's managed that before. So well played, Sean. Matching the three administrations he himself has uh, delivered individually to clubs. And then naturally when it comes to actually uh, doing something to prevent clubs being financially mismanaged, the opportunity to uh, punish Birmingham, specifically, hopefully in my mind, Gary Monk, even (laughs) though none of it was actually his fault, apart from signing that, illegally signing the player in the summer, despite being in a transfer embargo, I think they might still be facing a punishment under that or they might just let that slide. But um, yes, they somehow managed to only be deducted nine points, which means that they are still five points above the relegation zone, which basically means fine. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't affect them in the slightest. Yeah. So they've effectively said this club, its wage bill is 200% of its turnover and it's all through ridiculous transfer market shenanigans that Harry Redknapp has quickly distanced himself from. So it's exactly the stuff that the financial fair play rules was brought in to prevent and they've been given a punishment that will have absolutely no impact on them whatsoever. Harry Redknapp, man, it was there for a few months, basically, and in that time he managed to add eight million quid to their wage bill. He says none of them were his players. He says he didn't want any of them and that they were all signed. There was something about he recommended one player and they went and signed somebody else who was even more expensive. And he did then qualify. They're all good lads and all great players, but none of them, he didn't want any of them. He didn't choose any of them. He's not even interested in looking at Was it his dog them. this time? Was it his... His dog was, yes, was just buying Jota from uh, Brentford. Never seen him. Never, <laughs> never seen the player. It is worth saying as well, you know, the regulations and the constant checks, they have to do it like quarterly or whatever it is, don't they? This was brought in to avoid clubs going into administration and spending beyond their means because mm. it was really pissing off Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs that the football creditors were getting paid in full and then other creditors were not. And this was all brought in to stop that happening and it's failed. And yeah, Sean Harvey's in charge of it. You only have to look at the situation at Bolton, who were, were coming very, very close to their games being cancelled because they weren't paying the police bill. And the police go, well, why should we turn up if we're not going to get paid? Training ground locked. And Swansea last week sent a letter to all their staff saying that there's probably, because they're not going up this season, there's going to be high likelihood of mass redundancies unless people have got any other ideas that are basically written to all the kitchen staff saying, can you think of any ways you can save the club, please? Because if you can't, we're going to have to sack you all. It's ridiculous. They could have had some money. Could have had some money from us, sat in that bank account. At least 20 quid for Daniel James up front. Mm. At least 20 quid. Thankfully, at least we've got a proper above board, (laughs) financially solvent, ethical owner who's not attracting any negative attention. Anyway, if you haven't seen this story, go on and fill us in. Yeah, it's been bubbling along for a while, actually. So if you know Andrea Ratrizzani's history before Leeds, that he was a part owner of a group called MP and Silver. It was Ricardo Silver. It was Media Partners and Silver is what it sounds like. They were uh, buying and selling broadcasting rights and they eventually sold the whole damn thing to a Chinese group called uh, Everbright Securities. I think they have several other names Everbright is the, the easiest one to use. Yeah, and they sold out, made a lot of money on the deal and everybody seemed uh, very happy until the people now owning MP and Silver seem to have found that uh, that running it is very, very difficult. I remember the, there was a story late last year about them letting go of or losing the grip of the Syria rights, which was kind of the gold thing that the, the company had the rights to then sell on to 
companies that would actually show the games. That's where they fitted in. And it's where Radritzani and Silver must have been very, very good at it because they most made themselves hundreds of millions of pounds, built this company up from nothing. So because they've been really, really bad at it and they've lost hundreds of millions of dollars in the process, they're suing Radritzani and Silver, which seems an odd way of going about things. It, it does feel like the things that they're saying is that they, they failed to hang on to a sufficient number of experienced deal makers. Um, and they went through three chief executive officers and they failed to participate in an emergency rights issue, which I don't really know what that means. And that there was a changing cast of attendees at board meetings, none of whom spoke. And all this kind of stuff is like, well, you were running it. It does sound a bit like they might have just bought a car and smashed it into a wall and then gone, a car you sold me, it's knackered. (laughs) And there was a subplot, while this was kind of building up uh, some pressure on it, last year there were stories, and it is worth pointing out that one of the stories that dealt with this in some detail was on a website owned by Ricardo Silva, which had to be disclosed at the bottom, it's that he's a major investor in this, in the the website that's carrying this report, was that there's uh, a big change in the Chinese government's attitude towards football in general, which you might have seen with the Chinese Premier League, where they spent loads of money on foreign players. And then the Chinese government, who was kind of paying for it all, said, oh, no, I'm stopping that now. And there was a little bit of that with this, so that they, I think the squeeze has been put on from their Chinese government backing. And then also the fact that they just seem to have been really in- incompetent. So it's hard to see how, what grounds they're suing Radritzani and Silver on, but they are suing them in London courts. And you kind of think, yeah, you wouldn't do that unless you had some kind of, you felt there was some kind of case to answer. A frivolous lawsuit doesn't, doesn't seem to be in anybody's interests, could be exactly what it is. But it, I, I also don't think it's particularly a clear and present danger to Leeds United in any hmm. um, massive way, because it sounds like the kind of thing that is going to drag for ages, especially when you're dealing with Chinese government-backed company suing two Italians. Radrizzani is based in Leeds and Singapore. Ricardo Silva is based in Florida, where he runs Miami City FC or Miami FC. So that's a lot of cats to kind of herd into one courtroom who will all have a lot of expensive lawyers. And um, if we're promoted by the time this comes to uh court, hopefully Rad Rizzani will be uh, swimming in so much Premier League broadcasting money anyway, mm. that this would be an irrelevance. Just doing a bit of uh, back of the fag packet maths here, 16,000 season tickets, is that equivalent to 750 million? It's not, is it? No, no, no. So we're all right then. That's not bad then, good uptake so far. Uh, I like how basically, it's what, 70% uptake so far. It's a great Yorkshire approach to season ticket renewals that Hanging on to your cash until last minute. The hamburgers have an interest. You can guarantee that the biggest queue uh, for season ticket renewals will be on the last day. And it will be out the ground because nobody's got to spend money on a stamp. Go and do it in person. Michael, you're a tight-fisted Yorkshireman. I put a first-class stamp on mine actually today. Feeling a bit flush, showing a bit of money. But isn't that because yours is dirt cheap because you bought one of those 20-year ones years ago? Yeah, I just have to sign a thing. They just make me agree to the ground regulations every year. Do you agree to the ground regulations? Well... No option really, but yeah, my, my season ticket, it feels like it costs 67p, so I'm happy enough with that. Straight into heavenly territory now then with the God Rod. This is the symbolic staff that rests in the hands of God's chosen football team. This came into being, you know, when we lost to Stoke the other month, because Nathan Jones, manager of those lot, big believer, and he used the Lord's power to vanquish us as his enemy. Since then, Preston beat them, so therefore became the anointed team. They've been unbeaten ever since, and they're on a right old run of form. And they've got Reading next, followed by Sheffield United. 
They're beating us in the playoffs. We've discussed this. Mm. It's going. It's a fallow week for the the God Rod. Nobody went to church on Sunday because they're all watching international matches. God has been resting, perhaps had some time to think about whether he really wants Preston's form to continue in this this vein, or whether he'd uh, he'd rather bestow his um, gifts. Is that what God has? Gifts, manna, manna from heaven, <laughs> falling into the Majeski Stadium, <laughs> or however you say it. The mad stad, as ha- their fans would claim. You'd have to fancy that they beat Reading, wouldn't you? Sheffield United, different task. We could do with them beating Sheffield United and continuing to be the chosen team. Well, yeah, if they do, if they win those next two, then we're not only playing them in the next match uh, for three Championship League points, but also for to put ourselves back in right in the eyes of God. Um, so it will be a little bit like the, uh, the Stoke City rematch when we did build that. Um, what kind of brought this all about was because we build that game as Marcelo Bielsa versus Nathan Jones to prove whether God exists or not. Nathan Jones obviously has made his point now that God does exist. It's time for Marcelo to kill God. So we're going to have to uh, uh, let Preston win these next two games. And then that's it. Leeds versus Preston. It's a fight to the death of God. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. We're back in action at the weekend, so we'll come on to that, the Millwall game, in just a tick. First of all, heroes and villains. People who've made us feel happy, people who've made us feel sad. We need to pick one of each. First is the Ken Bates Villainy Award. Somebody who has darkened our door. Ken Bates gets his nomination, as is customary. Uh, what's he getting it for this time? Because uh, this week, 10 years ago, we had to play not even a real football club in League One. Uh, Milton Keynes Dons. Not, not even a real club, but we, ne- we should have never had to play them. No one should, really. And that's the year Leicester went up. Um, and as, as Ken would tell us during that season, spending money will get them nowhere. Mm. And it's proved correct. Leicester yeah. have done nothing since then. Yeah. They were always his example of a, a really profligate, badly run club as they mm. as they rocketed up through the leagues, leaving us far, far behind. But at least we weren't them. That seems to be, don't, don't look at them. They're terrible. It's not... Grass isn't always greener. Crisps aren't always tasty. <laughs> Can't eat them anymore. No teeth. 
Just mush them up sometimes. Just coming away on a Pringle. <laughs> just pouring some salt and vinegar in his mouth just for the same effect. A bit of, bit of cardboard. Anyway. <laughs> Who else is going in? Almost inevitably. I think as soon as anybody saw this report, they will have known. Colin Wanker says Leeds United have a soft underbelly. I don't think Neil Warnock really likes football. He's not the kind of person who's going to get in after watching Cardiff lose yet again. And he's going to say, you know what I'll do? I think I'll watch a load of championship matches. And yet there he was on, I'm pretty sure it was TalkSport, talking about, well, I presume he was talking about Sheffield United because they're the only team at the top of the league managed by somebody called Chris. So he says, oh, the team Chris has built, because obviously they're on first name terms. I doubt they've ever met. He says, uh, I think they'll be very difficult to push out of that top two. I just think Leeds have got a soft belly at times at the back when they're under pressure in comparison to the other two. He's seen highlights on Quest, (laughs) if he can even find it. And that he doesn't know anything. He's probably, it was after the Sheffield United game. So I think he's probably, he's seen Liam Cooper's mistake for the goal and he's seen the sending off and he's gone soft belly at the back. That's what I can toss out on TalkSport when they're giving me a fucking hundred quid just for going on the radio. And even when he's being uh, nice to us at the end, he still manages to sound like an absolute prick when he gets to, uh, he's done a good job, Bielsa. Yes. Yes, Neil Warnock, he has. I don't think Marcelo Bielsa needs the approval of you. He's, he's done a good job, Bielsa. And notice how it's, uh, when he's talking about Sheffield United, it's Chris. When he's talking about Leeds United, it's Bielsa. Only because he, uh, he'd do something stupid like pronouncing it Marcello for weeks on end, as, as I did previously. Only an arsehole would do that, yeah. Yes, but at least I'm not Neil Warnock. It's a strong, strong case. I don't need to hear his opinion on the. Stick to talking about getting relegated from the Premier League, you punts. Who else? Well, I think it's a bit of a Ken thing to do, actually, but the Chinese. <laughs> the, the, the Chinese. The Chinese. Going to sue me for... Yeah, I mean, I know, I'm aware they're quite a big nation, rather a large number of them, but it, they, it was a Chinese consortium who Powerful as well. Powerful nation. Well, ish. Ish. What have they done recently? Not a lot, apart from suing our glorious owner. That Great Wall was years ago. It was, living off past glories. I know they got they make phones and shit, don't they? So what? Who wants a phone? Exactly. I don't, they won't catch on, will they? Let's <laughs> face it. So yeah, that them as a nation. Um, wow. For suing Radrizani. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it might mean we have to sell Calvin Phillips at some point, which um, and if I have to blame the Chinese for that, I will. We're uh, on a similar note. The Americans. Yeah. Oh, really going for the old uh, superpowers because uh, yeah, us in the middle of a, a new Cold War. One of them has um, apparently assaulted Gary McAllister on the streets of Leeds at uh, four in the morning on a Sunday morning. Which, it seems um, to be from Don Matteo, seems to be heading up the investigation into this by putting things out on Twitter, which I'm not sure about the procedural. Yeah, uh, West Yorkshire Police have contradicted this statement that this person who Don Matteo said he then went on to punch like four other people in random attacks. I think it's uh, two of them were women. Um, and they said, no, we're not linking it to any other any other incidents at this time. Don Matteo's version was that... Uh, He's trying uh, to flush him out though, and He's like heading up the untouchables again. Well, we'll take it from him that it's an American because he, he claims it was an American possibly wearing a knuckle duster has knocked out three of Gary McAllister's fi- uh, teeth and left him needing uh, plastic surgery and 12 stitches in his lip. Some of that information is corroborated. The 12 stitches seems to be generally accepted the, to his lip. The teeth, we don't know beyond Don Matteo. I'm just quite relieved that it is 
an American that they're looking for because I had quite a heavy night on Saturday, which was unexpected. I went out for my friend's birthday, ended up in um, Bad Apples, which is around the corner from where this happened and uh, speaking to somebody called Mark about my square ball badge, which he was very uh, excited to talk about. And I did have a, a moment when I finally regained consciousness on Monday morning um, and seeing the reports of Gary Mack being randomly attacked in Leeds City Centre at around four in the morning on Saturday night. Well, I do kind of ache all over and I do have a mysterious cut on my leg. And I think, Are you suggesting you went in as a vigilante to defend Gary McAllister? No, I thought I might have actually attacked him because it, it's the kind of, I could imagine seeing Gary McAllister in the street and, you know, just exuberant fun, being excited to see him. And he's a 50-year-old man now, so perhaps I, I thought I might have got carried away. Gary McAllister would still have you. Knocked his teeth out. Oh, yeah, I mean, he... he uh, Particularly you drunk, I've seen you. You can barely stand. <laughs> well, this is it. it. Quickly, I was able to put things back together, but it was just one of those little moments. Did I Did I commit GBH against Gary McAllister? I'm, no. Yeah, I'm going to say no. no Not cool, I though. I mean, Gary Mack's a nice, a nice man. Who would do such a thing? Yeah, and it is legitimately terrible. We can't have somebody either with or without knuckle dusters knocking our midfield legend's teeth out in the middle of Leeds or anybody's, for that matter. Don't fight people. It's wrong. Love each other. So who else do we want to spread some hate towards them? <laughs> Dan James. Because... I saw his name trending on Twitter and I thought, what's going on here? He played really well for Wales. International stage. We're not going to be able to afford him in summer, are we? In keeping with the uh, the theme of the nomination so far, are we just nominating Dan James or are you going for the Welsh? Um, I suppose they're making him, he's looking good in their team, isn't he? Mm. So, yeah, the Welsh. The Welsh. Wow. Not the, for bigging him up. Yeah, I mean, the Welsh are lighter on nuclear weapons, so I think we're safer to, to nominate them. And Iran. No, they've not done anything. <laughs> Just throwing some names in. Russia. But yeah, I get the feeling Dan James is going to be one of those things we look back on and it's like we could have had the Apple shares in 1990 or whatever and we, we passed them up and he's going to inevitably go to Real Madrid for £180 million in a few years. You mentioned Iran. I don't know whether it's a, a reason to nominate them, but I be- the last I heard of Lee Irwin... The great hope that uh, mm. uh, Massimo Cellino signed. He was off to play in Iran. He was accepting an offer. And I can't remember who the manager was who's gone out there, but he's basically he'd been offered. Uh, he was playing in Scotland, and the manager he was playing for said he's basically he's been offered ridiculous amounts of money to go and play in Iran. So he's off, and I don't know what's become of that. So perhaps we need to nominate Iran for um, a media blackout about Leo in subsequent <laughs> career, or maybe it's just that I haven't looked. We'll get on Google later and find out how he's doing. Feels like we've gone. A little bit further away from where we need to, because mm. we've got Colin at the centre of this, and then a load of other nations that could take <laughs> us down. So what, what, what are we going for? I think go the Chinese. Go for the biggest. I was going to say, maybe adjusting it from all Americans, and we'll just go for this particular one, if he even is American. Eddie has, Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Lewis. It was Eddie Lewis. Do you think? Yep. It's a, it's a... Sorry, I'm doing it. I've remembered. <laughs> Right, so we will simultaneously award Eddie Lewis the Ken Bates fill-in of the podcast and also uh, phone the police. Yep. I assume that's the next step. He's probably got some alibi that he wasn't in the country or whatever, but... Well, they've got to rule him out of their inquiries before we can uh, know Whilst for certain. stating very clearly that this is satire, Eddie. He, uh, he hit Gary McAllister like he hit that free kick 
against who did he score that free kick against against Preston there we go there we go indeed so Gary McAllister can go into the Andy Hughes Hero Award surely a recognition of somebody who's brought us happiness because he needs cheering up yeah and he's you know he's a fine player title winner at Leeds a Coca-Cola Cup finalist and I still uh, like Gary McAllister I was watching I did something about Leeds beating Arsenal in 1993 and he scores the third goal he does do you remember he always used to do his celebration just running really fast away from everybody and then turning around he did that and it just reminded me of good times so he needs to cheer up so he can be a hero of the podcast he's nominated I mean I don't know if this should have been in the villains really but Rob Price again Pontus is kind of potentially going to play against Millwall now having been out for three weeks um, yeah, exactly. Your raised eyebrows are correct, Moscow. No, my eyebrows are raised. Been up to? I'm, what I'm, has he been up to? Oh, I see. Yes, the, uh, the harvesting. I don't, I don't know who was missing from the under-23 squad today, but there'll be someone. There'll be someone who we'll never hear of again. Um, and and Roof, I saw put on um, Instagram as well. His little Instagram story was a back soon thing and then a picture of his own legs with a little flames emoji, which I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> if that's good or bad. Setting his legs on fire. I said my legs were burning. People would probably take it as a ring it, ring the hospital immediately. But, you know, I think I think it, in, in youth parlance, it's a good thing, isn't it, being on know, flames. Yeah. On being on flames. Mm. Yeah, Carlos Corberan, speaking of youth circles, he's, he needs a nod for his brilliant work with the under-23s. League. First trophy of the season, there first of many. First trophy since well, that's a, a good, while. good thing. Yeah, a while. Have we won? I mean, the FA Youth Cup, nineteen ninety-seven, and then we won. We won the um, the reserve league the year after that when Eddie Gray brought those through. Have we actually won anything since? We won everybody's like, hearts under O'Leary. I mean, what was that worth? Rob Price couldn't even do anything with that. Yeah, that might be. We need to check this. We could fact check it, but we'll do that and we'll do, we'll address it next time. Yes, uh, it feels to me like Carlos Corbran deserves this. Anybody else? Um, I do have a little mention for Thomas Christensen because he's been very quiet for a long time and then he suddenly popped up on Twitter smiling with a, a water bottle in support of World Water Day. He thinks that um, everybody around the world should have enough clean drinking water uh, to keep them fit and well and it's hard to argue with that. And um, Unless you're Ken Bates. Didn't, 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 didn't Bates once have a rant about this? He definitely had one, one time he had a bitch about World War today. I'm sure he did. That is actually... <laughs> Ringing a great bit of recall. That is several alarm bells. That he's... It's one of those, the most obvious things that you can. Surely we can all agree that people should have clean water. I no, can remember. Not, not really. I Why can remember. Not even earned no clean water. I can remember. As I think we nominated him for a villain for begrudging water to children. <laughs> And but the details uh, have escaped me. If you're one of the people who's listening back to old episodes of the Square Ball podcast, if you ever get to that part, let us know because um, <laughs> I'd like to remember what we can of that. So yes, so to to balance out Ken Bates's ying, we'll stick Thomas Christensen's yang because he's uh, he's well in favour of uh, water and kids. Corbyn's having it though, isn't he? Yeah, he's the um, successful manager since Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back to the turf, back at Ellen Road at the weekend. Not only do we have issue nine of our fanzine, but we've got Millwall. Delightful family club of the year. They're not family club of the year anymore, though, are they now? They're not Middlesbrough. Will that add a little bit more spice to the fixture now they've given up their family, family-friendly image? Yeah, they've, they've been such such a kind bunch for the last year, haven't they? But I think I think we might be seeing a nasty side, would you believe it? A nasty side to Millwall. Mm. Hey, do you know what? You know, we were mentioning the... Um, 10 years ago, in the context of Ken Bates playing MK Dons and all that, it's 10 years since we played them in the semi-final of the playoffs. 10 years! Why are we still playing them now? Why aren't we in the Premier League and they're out of business? We will be next year. Will they be out of business? Well, don't care. We'll never play them again after this uh, this time. 
Unless they somehow got promoted as well. Can you no. imagine? This will be the last time we ever play Millwall. That's my <laughs> prediction for you. Right here. That that, surely that won't backfire. Maybe that's why uh, Neil Harris has been bigging this up so much. He's been bigging this up since last Monday. I mean, bear in mind, the international break has intervened and we're still, we're recording this on Monday. So we've still got a full week's work ahead before we even have to play this game. But yeah, last week he was saying, uh, uh, forgetting about not getting to the uh, FA Cup semi-finals, which I hope they don't forget. I hope that haunts them for years. But he said, uh, yeah, the biggest game of the season by far, miles bigger than uh, losing to Brighton, is Leeds away in two weeks' time. What's wrong with this freak? He's a beaver. That's what's wrong with him. He looks like a beaver. Ever since that whole uh, Saiz celebrating the goal down there, where it was uh, not what we want in the English game, and then chipping in on Spygate, which was not what we want in the English game. And the chief executive was having a go at us about that as well. Not what we want in the English game. What we want in the English game is fans Steve stabbing one another in oh, the face. I mean, before we even get to that, yes, on their way to see Steve Morrison play. Why do we have to bother with these wankers? Five assists this season, Steve Morrison. One goal. Get, he'll get a couple against us. I, you know, I just hope we can really fucking stick it to Steve Morrison in this game. The game last year was so close to being a perfect afternoon with him mm. really giving it large and then us taking the lead. But then he, like Alan Partridge, he inevitably had the last laugh. Well, I guess we've got to view this game in the context of the other ones now, if we are going to still count this as a three-way uh, chase for these top two places. Norwich are away at Middlesbrough. That could be a tough one. Sheffield mm. United at home to Bristol City. You would hope they would regain some form now after being suitably dispatched by us. And we've got Millwall. Arguably, if you want to say this, the easiest of the three fixtures. Yeah, we should beat Millwall. Taking out all their Millwallness, they're fucking rubbish. So I don't really have a problem. Whoscored.com do kind of big them up a little bit. Their strengths, they are very strong at attacking set pieces, which is a bit of a worry Given, um, Very strong at attacking people with uh, with knives around the face. Um, and Attacking um, minorities, good at that. They're uh, strong at creating scoring chances at counter-attacks and at aerial duels. Flat caps. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> they are weak at finishing scoring chances, avoiding offside, keeping possession against defending counter-attacks. Keeping a broad mind. Through ball attacks. So we have uh, some of our strengths do play against their weaknesses. But yeah, they do claim that their style of play is to control the game in the opposition's half. Mm. Be interesting to see if that happens with uh, Tom Elliott and Lee Gregory up front. Yeah, we should be beating Millwall. And yeah, Norwich probably have the, the toughest task of the weekend because it's, um, it's that clash of styles. I think it's a clash of styles whenever a team from 2019 plays against Tony Pulis and Sheffield United or they'll beat Bristol City because they're it's just a gimme for them. There's no way they're going to lose to Bristol City. You don't think? Hey, there's a question. Speaking of Sheffield United, have you kind of calmed down now? How do you feel having had the international break after that defeat against Sheffield United? What's it feel like for you now? I think because I've been resigned to finishing third for a very, very long time, the fact that we're third almost makes me feel at peace. That's how I felt as well. I felt like, oh, that's over now then. We could probably just stop the season now, not worry about these last eight games and just go straight to the playoffs. Do you think that could actually they'll work in our favour a little bit? Possibly. And I think I think the the pressure is now on Sheffield United and they're not used to being up there, are they? They're not they've not got a set of players who've been promoted a load of times or anything, so Same with Norwich really. I know everyone's expecting Norwich to just march away with the, the title because they've got a four point lead, but four points is not actually a lot if the fear gets you. And they did look 
pretty bad at the start of the season. So there's always a chance of just that reset of them just suddenly realising that under no circumstances are Norwich City good enough to win the championship. So they'll just go, oh, shit, we better, we better not. The yips. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, we could come sweep, sweeping and swooping through. I don't really think that'll happen because I think we'll finish third and uh, we'll lose in the playoff final to Preston, as we're repeatedly reiterating, just because it's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Sheffield United game, I mean, it happened. I'm not like Neil Harrison that I immediately started looking forward to playing Millwall. I think. I enjoyed the fact that uh, we didn't actually have any games uh, for a couple of weeks. It's been quite nice just to send all our players off to their respective countries. Alioski just having a laugh in a different kit. Matches Click avoiding a virus-filled hotel, all this kind of stuff. And Bailey peacock Farrell, as we mentioned, if if it's true about Millwall's strength, and obviously it is at set pieces and putting the ball in the air for him to have had a, a couple of... Um, international matches just to remind himself that despite what certain people on podcasts and the internet may say in videos about him he is an international goalkeeper first choice for Northern Ireland and that as long as Stuart Dallas isn't standing in front of him deflecting shots over him he can actually keep goal that wraps it up for this edition of the square ball podcast watch out for issue nine of our fanzine that's out versus Millwall links to that will be on the website same for the merch if you fancy getting a mug or something along those lines Leeds Carajo ones still on sale the big one though please do go check out the extra ball our podcast that goes hand in hand with this one our subscription podcast $2.99 a month your first month is free you can find all that at thesquareball.net thanks for listening we'll speak to you next week The Square Ball Podcast Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.